Welcome to the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. Well, welcome to another podcast, Richard. It's always good to be with you. Well, thanks, Sam. In an off-site location today, so hopefully, yeah, uh, sitting around the kitchen good. table. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> Had some uh, some construction uh, above the studio, so yeah, we're gonna... so we've been booted out for a week. Yeah, but... we're we're on location. <laughs> um, well, last week uh, we had a. A rather lengthy preamble. To, I'm prone to do that sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm you're not, not judging, though, are you? No, no, no That's judgment good. here. Um, yeah. But we've been we started this series on the realities of experiencing God, and last week we sort of introed the reality that, that God speaks to us. Yeah, and there's it, a lot to, to intro on that. There subject. is. Yeah, there certainly uh, is. If you haven't, if you didn't hear last week's. Uh, uh, podcast, it might be good to go back and listen to that first because we yeah. kind of set a lot of the stage for what I consider to be one of the most important topics any Christian could ever deal with. If, if you don't know when God's speaking to you, then you're incredibly vulnerable and basically living your life in the dark, just trying to make your best guess mm-hmm. instead of being guided by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so so you, you laid it out last week. Um, but it's really the Holy Spirit that, that's in each of us guiding us and and uh, helping us know, you know, the will of God and, and, you know, what God is saying to us. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of, uh, specific ways that, that you outline, uh, you and your dad outline in experiencing God. There, well, there's four primary ways, uh, that you would say that, that mm-hmm. God speaks to us. Um, so why don't you start us off on, on, uh, number one. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, the spirit of God, we looked last week at the fact that he, in, in the Bible, uh, he spoke in numerous ways, whether it's through an angel, you know, through a prophet, uh, a, a dream, a vision. But uh, but generally, we would say there's four ways God uses primarily in the Christian's life, certainly today. And the first one, which I would think would be the most important, is God speaks through the Bible. God mm-hmm. went to great efforts to leave us something in in black and white, right on the pages that we can read, and it expresses God's will. Of course, God wrote that Bible in a particular time, a particular place, particular people. Jeremiah was writing to the Israelites before, while the Babylonians were circling Jerusalem and preparing to destroy it. So his his prophetic word is addressed to a specific time and place. Mm But of course, when God is speaking, there are truths there that rep- represent the heart of God, the will of God. God doesn't change. So whatever God felt was important in Jeremiah's day, God still feels that's important. So when you read the Bible, you actually are hearing what's on God's heart and mind. And the Spirit of God, as you read the pages of the Bible, He's going to be helping you understand how these words apply to your life today. Uh, and so, for instance, um, you might be having a quiet time and you're reading in Ephesians chapter four today. You perhaps you're reading a chapter a day and you've made your way into chapter four of Ephesians and you're you're reading away and um, lots of good stuff in that chapter. And you might even underline a verse here, highlight a verse in yellow there. Maybe write a note in the margin of something that strikes you as somewhat interesting. But then you get to verse twenty nine and it says, let no unwholesome word 
proceed from your mouth, but only such word as is good for edification, for the building up of the saints, and so on, and that it may impart grace to the hearers. And, and as you read that verse, the Spirit of God within you just hits the brake and says, no, hold on, don't, don't go to verse 30. There's some great verses still coming, but I want you to pay attention to this verse. And, mm-hmm. and so you, you, you read it again, you, you read it carefully, word by word, and you notice that God is saying there's, there's never an occasion for an unwholesome word to come out of your mouth. And right away, the Spirit of God begins to remind you of what came out of your mouth that morning when you're running late yeah. and your child had left a toy in the kitchen floor that you stepped on in your sock feet and uh, <laughs> what, you, what, what words unwholesomely came out of your mouth as a result. <laughs> and uh, you went to get your... Uh, shirt that uh, your wife said she'd pick up for the dry cleaners the day before, but she forgot. And now you've got this power lunch today at work and, and uh, she apologizes, but you said just a little cutting under the breath comment to your wife about, you know, not being able to trust that she'll do what she says. And now, you know, she, you could lose a deal because of this. And, and, and the spirit of God just begins to remind you of, just at several occasions in the last day or so where you violated what God has clearly said. God does not give an escape clause and say, don't let an unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, except when you step on a Lego in the morning <laughs> or you, yeah. uh, you know, someone lets you down when you, or if you're driving in Atlanta traffic, yeah, you know. if, uh, yeah, Atlanta traffic is, there should be an exception clause for this verse there, but uh, but there isn't one. And so the Spirit of God just begins to do what he does well. He begins convicting you of this verse and saying, this is God's will. This is God has clearly said he wants you to honor him with your speech. And for there never, ever to be an occasion, whether you're angry, whether you're upset, it doesn't matter. God says, I want you to control what comes out of your mouth. And if it's not building someone up, it shouldn't be coming out of your mouth. And so the Spirit of God he may be just flashing uh, moments in your mind of the last couple of days where you clearly violated God's will. Well, in that moment, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. He's trying to tell you, uh, you've not been Christ-like. You've not brought glory to God with your mouth just recently. You're not following what God has clearly stated in His Word. So um, at that point, you need to just, it, you know, now you may want to underline that verse. That's great. But God doesn't speak to you so you underline a a verse in the Bible. Yeah. He speaks to you so you obey a verse in the Bible, so you live and experience that verse. And so that's a great place just to stop what you stop your reading, bow your head and say God, forgive me. You clearly told me your will here and I've disobeyed it. I've not followed it. And when you're finished getting right with God, you probably need to go talk to your wife and your child and anyone else that you uh you, you didn't speak in a wholesome way and get right with them. Now, at that point, God has clearly used his word to realign your life with his will. And, um, and now you can read on to the next, to verse 30 and uh, onward. Now, if you do that every day over the course of a year, uh, God is going to just wash over your life with his word and just align your life with his will. But you can't do it by just reading very quickly, just skimming the surface mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think it's fine sometimes for people to read through the whole Bible in a year, but, uh, but, but really what's more important is verse by verse, just hold your life up to God's word to say, have I, am I, is my life obeying this? Is it adjusted to this word, this truth? And, 
if you'll just make a lifestyle of adjusting your life to God's word, uh, you'll find that God is speaking to you all the time and just sometimes very direct ways, sometimes maybe a little more subtly. You know, there's, you, you might be reading along and um, you read in Psalms where it says, uh, the wicked man borrows, but, but doesn't repay, doesn't return what he's borrowed. And, uh, and right away, the Spirit of God reminds you that you borrowed your neighbor's weed eater two weeks ago and you didn't bother to bring it back to him. Or, you know, you've borrowed a book from someone uh, and you, you read it weeks ago, but you haven't made the effort to return it. And right away, the Spirit of God takes a, a very specific verse and says, you've borrowed things, but you're not known for returning. That, that's an integrity issue for you. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to want to keep lending you stuff if you just never get around to returning it. it. It shows disrespect for that person. And so the Spirit of God begins just to walk down your life to say, how are you treating people? And how carelessly are you treating your word? Uh, when God tells you to be a man of your word and you make these promises, but you just treat them very casually. And, um, or maybe you read where God says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you realize uh, that uh, there's been several times lately where you said yes, that you would do something, but you haven't followed through. It really, it was a no. You, you said yes, but you've been practicing a no. And, yeah. and so the Spirit of God might just, again, uh, you know, the, the Bible is just full of admonitions and uh, instruction that uh, if you would practice all those things, your life would be behaving like Jesus does because that's what he did. He modeled his life after God's word. So, so as you read God's word, um, he will speak to you and he'll help you to know what you should be doing. But, you know, I would also say the Bible also is a safeguard because you're going to have people come to you and say, well, I think, uh, Christians should do this, or I think, uh, that God doesn't care about that. Um, there would be times, and we'll we'll talk about this uh, next time about sometimes God speaks through people, and uh, and again the Bible is that great safeguard because God doesn't change; His will never changes. So, if God said something was a sin in uh, the Old Testament, it's still a sin in the New Testament; it's still a sin today. So, for instance, uh, a, a classic example is I've known people, Christian people. I've even known pastors who committed adultery and they said, uh, well, God has uh, given me a love for this other person. And so I'm divorcing my spouse and I'm going to, and I, because God is the author of love and he has given me this love for this person and I need to, I need to marry them. And God would want me to be married to the person. You just have to follow your heart. I love, yeah, follow the heart. Um, but then you turn to the Bible and it says, but God hates divorce for one thing. And, and God also, uh, makes you one flesh with the person that you married already, and that your com- adultery is uh, is a sin in every every place you find it in the Bible. Uh, you don't find an exception clause. You, okay, adultery is wrong unless, of course, you love someone else more than you love your spouse, and then <laughs> adultery is okay. Yeah. So the moment someone comes to you and says, "Well, Richard, you, you just don't understand. God has given me this love for some other person who's not my spouse." Uh, and God is the author of love, you, you, you can just, and I've had even people say to me, well, Richard, how do you know what God wants for my life? And I would say, well, be- I do know what he wants because he put it in his word. He said, yeah. you're to stay true to your spouse. You're not to commit adultery, period. So if you're doing those, if you're committing adultery, I, I don't even need to know the backstory. Don't even need to know about 
how much you love each other. It's the Bible says it's wrong. And so, uh, you have to have some measurement somewhere. And uh, so that if someone comes and gives you this harebrained sort of explanation of what they feel God wants them to do, you have to measure that against something. Mm-hmm. Walking with God is not subjective that whatever you think God wants, whatever you think God wants to, however you want, he thinks you think he wants to make you happy, uh, then that's fine. No, no, you, you take whatever you sense you've heard and you put it up against God's word mm. and say, does it match? I'd also say when someone comes to you with some advice, um, if they don't, the best advice is when they also have a scripture that it backs it up that says, uh, Sam, I'm, I know you're, you're praying about this decision in your life right now. And here's a word from the Bible that God gave me about that, that I think speaks to your issue. Well, that's much better advice than just, well, Hey Sam, I, what it's worth, you know, uh, I, five years ago, I faced the same thing. This is what I did. Well, that might be somewhat helpful counsel, but it's never as helpful as when you, you know that it, the Bible backs it up. Mm-hmm. This, this matches the principle of teaching a truth in the Bible. So, yeah. So I think, you know, there's, there's obvious places that are very explicit in scripture about behavior, about, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Um, how would you advise someone who let's say is, contemplating a decision uh, that's that's uh not not a moral issue but let's say a, a work related mm-hmm. issue like you know do i do i go for this job do i go for that job um that there's there's obviously not a pres- prescription in scripture like you know it says that sam should take exposition yeah. okay is that fair enough how would you advise someone when they're reading when they're approaching scripture when they're facing decisions that aren't bad or good decisions per se, but they're, they're more like, we just, we need to, to know which direction to go. Well, you know, one thing I would say, and I know my dad would always advise people this way to say, um, you know, if you suddenly are facing a decision, you can't just necessarily frantically start digging around in your Bible, trying to find a verse uh, that speaks directly to that. I, I mean, there, there are times maybe when you're desperate enough that that you can do that, but that's not the, the preferred way. What I would, and I know my dad would always recommend, is that what you need to do, you need to be regularly in God's Word ahead of time. And you need to be reading extensively uh, in the Bible so that uh, God is guiding you systematically over time. Because if, for instance, I'd always be reading somewhere in the Old Testament. I'd always be reading somewhere in the New Testament. Most of the time, I want to be reading somewhere in a gospel because I, you want to get as close to Jesus as you can all the time. I know people who read a proverb a day. They just read whatever the day of the month is. There's 31 proverbs. Uh, so whatever day of the month, that's the proverb they read. Uh, so some wisdom literature is good. Uh, now, you know, just depending on how much time you have, but uh, I'd at least read an Old Testament chapter and a New Testament chapter. And if you're doing that, you know, read the prophets and then go and read some of the Pentateuch and the first five books, read some Psalms, you know, over the course of the year, spread it around. And what's going to happen is if you have a, and and then have your journal handy and just systematically be every time God just points something out about what's on his heart, what he believes, what he, his standard is, uh, put that down in your journal. And then what's going to happen is instead of, one day suddenly having to frantically thumb through your Bible and try to find the truth. 
Well, over the course of weeks and months, God may have been speaking every day through his word, just highlighting things that he, he holds as a standard. Now, you, now when you have to make a decision, you've got maybe six months of, of your Bible study throughout that, fir- that first half of the year to draw back on and pull your journal out and see what God has said. And you, you may notice even a pattern where God keeps uh, pointing out the same things over and over again to you. And uh, that, that's usually a really healthy way of getting direction. But, but if you've been neglecting reading your Bible or you just always read the same proverb, uh, you know, the, maybe the, just a very narrow part of the Bible, then you're going to miss a bunch of guidance that God has for you. So, mm. uh, so if you're, it's sort of like, you know, if, you, if you've been eating junk food for a long time and now all of a sudden you're unhealthy, you can't just go on an all broccoli diet for the next <laughs> week and sort of get caught up. Right. If, if you've been eating vegetables and fruit and so on and protein and you're doing that day in and day out, well, then whatever challenge you face next, you don't have to hurriedly catch up. You've been getting a steady diet already. Yeah. And so that's, that's uh, some great, I think, a, a great practice to use in God's word. Just keep a steady diet of God's word every day where you're writing things down so you capture what he says. And then uh, you won't be cut off guard when you, you are facing an issue. You'll be so familiar with God's ways and God's word that uh, you'll, you'll, you'll know what God's word says about that issue. You'll be able to, to draw those verses and put those on the table hmm. and see what God says. So don't, don't wait till a problem arises and then suddenly flip through the Bible frantically trying to find an applicable verse. Yeah. Be steadily dieting on God's word. And so you'll be prepared for whatever situation comes around next. Well, let's take a quick break here and uh, we'll wrap up. Ready to take your leadership to the next level? The Entrepreneurial Leaders Program is a one-week intensive course at Oxford University designed to help marketplace and entrepreneurial leaders develop the skills they need to have a greater impact on their business and community. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to study under Dr. Richard Blackaby and other leadership experts at one of the world's most prestigious academic institutions. This transformational course will run from August 11th through 19th, 2019. For more information or to register, visit entrepreneurialleaders.com. The link will be in the show notes. All right, so Richard, we've seen how God uses the Bible, the Holy Spirit uses the Bible to, to direct our lives. Um, what's the, the next way that, that God speaks to us today? Well, probably the next one that we, we unfold, and I think that is a very common way, is through prayer and uh we typically think of prayer as we close our eyes and we start talking to God and telling him what we think he should do. We lay out our problems. Yeah. And, and here's <laughs> our, the our advice consultant to God. God, here's all the stuff in your universe that you're kind of dropping the ball on. And I want to remind you of, but prayer is actually a conversation. And so uh, when you start talking with God, there's nothing you're going to inform God about, but there's lots of things he could uh, inform you about. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but for that to happen, uh, first of all, I mean, if you go to pray to God, you want to make sure your heart is right. Take a moment. Uh, I, I have, I've had people say you need to get your heart into neutral so that you, you're not there just to sort of pressure God into your opinion, but you really want to hear what God's opinion is. And sometimes that means you've got to get to neutral where it, what all you want is just got the impression God gives you, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. whether take this job, don't take that job, move to this city, don't move. 
where you're, you're okay with whatever God says to do. And then be quiet. Give God some time to speak. Um, I find the best way to hear from God, too, is I typically want to read some from the Bible first. You know, read a chapter or two from the Gospels where you see what is on the heart of Jesus, what his priorities were, how he obeyed his Father's will. Get some of that in your, your mind and in your thinking, and then begin praying. And it, it's amazing how many times the very things you read in the Bible that morning apply to what you're praying about. And God will highlight some things that are just freshly in your, your mind from his word. And he'll show you how those may answer some of the questions that you're praying about that morning. If you pray as well, uh, and, and then you stop, and you just, you just kind of remain silent before God, uh, be sensitive to what God puts in your mind next. Uh, connect the spiritual dots. I just prayed, God, uh, would you help me today to know uh, if there's any, any person you want me to encourage today, any person you want me to be a blessing to. And then almost immediately when you're uh, sitting quietly, uh, you, a person comes to mind. Someone that maybe they're in your church, uh, you haven't really spent much time with them lately. And if you pray and say, God, guide me, be alert to what you think of next. Uh, the Spirit of God can oftentimes begin to put people on your heart. Uh, and if that's the case, reach out to that person. And I'd do it that day. I'd... Uh, uh, you may not be able to get with them that day, but at least reach out and, and text them or email them and say, hey, I was praying this morning and God put you on my heart. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, would you have some time maybe to do lunch to, uh, in the next week or so? And you'll be amazed at how many times if, when you follow up mm -hmm. on what impression God gives you in your prayer, uh, that that person will just be blown away and say, you just have no idea how timely it was that you called me today. Let me tell you, I just, I, you may not have heard, my, my dad died just uh, yesterday, and I'm grieving and processing all that. I'd love to get with you. And, uh, and so uh, connecting the spiritual dots. If you pray and you say, God, uh, help me to be a witness today, well, then keep your spiritual eyes open because uh, you finish praying, God, help me to share my faith with someone today. And then all of a sudden, you've got people that are talking your, your ear off all day long. Uh, you go to a restaurant and and, and the waitress keeps talking to you and, and hanging around your table and uh, or you sit down on an airplane and the person next to you begins to talk about the fact they're on their way to um, a, a, a special consultation with a doctor uh, in another city and they're concerned and you know just if you pray then understand God's going to respond to your prayers. Oftentimes we pray and then we, we, we get up from our, we open our eyes and head on our way. We, we never make the connection with what we prayed that morning and then what God does next. Um, learn to connect those spiritual dots and you may discover that God is actually speaking to you a lot more than you would even imagine. Hmm. Uh, I also find that when you pray, God can give you a sense of peace. And so um, perhaps you're praying about a decision. Should I take this promotion? It means I've got to move to another city. It means I've got to move my two kids out of their school and move my family out of the church that we enjoy right now. And so you pray, God, should I do this? Well, as you pray about moving, you just don't have a peace about it. Uh, I just worked with a, a, a business leader last week who had a job opportunity, but it was to a whole different region of the country. He had some kids, 
And this move would dramatically affect their education and their church and, and just even their lifestyle growing up in, a, in an entirely different part of the country. It was a great opportunity. Uh, it would pay well. But he just didn't have a piece about it. Hmm. And at a certain point, he just realized the Spirit of God is just not giving me uh, the release to move forward with this. And so he had prayed with his spouse, and uh, neither of them felt peace about it. Now, people could say, but boy, I tell you, it's a, you, you could use the money. Uh, this could be a great stepping stone to yeah. further your career. It makes sense on paper. Yeah, right? but but I just can't get that release from the Spirit of God. Hmm. And when you when you experience that sense of, of divine peace, uh, you begin to trust in that, um, that, uh, that if I don't have that peace, it's, it's usually a mistake for me to move forward. Hmm. I've typically regretted that when, when I sense the spirit of God is, you know, he's, he's just not letting me feel at ease about this or something. And, and sometimes the spirit of God never ex- won't explain it to you. Mm-hmm. He'll just, you know, he doesn't point anything out tangibly that you can say, oh, yeah, I, I shouldn't do that because there's this factor. Sometimes the Spirit of God just gives you a, a dis-ease. And I've experienced that enough times to know just to trust that. I don't, I don't need to understand all the backstory if the Spirit of God just doesn't give me a sense of peace. But, um, but sometimes the opposite is true. And, uh, and it's a very bold move that I'm considering, and it's going to shake everything up. And I've never done this kind of work before. But as I pray about it and I pray with my spouse, uh, I just have this real sense of divine peace that it's, it's okay, that God is in this, and I, I can't explain it. I've known uh, missionaries who went to you know, move their family to some pretty difficult parts of the world, but, uh, and family and friends said, are you crazy? Uh, you know, just think of the dangers, think of the inconveniences, the hardships, and they would say, well, I know all those are true, but I, I just have this sense of peace. The more I pray about it, the more at peace I am that this is what God wants us to do. And, uh, and so when you do experience that sense of peace, uh, you may, it may also embolden you to do some pretty daring moves in your life and in your career. And you just kind of learn to trust that, uh, that the, the Spirit of God doesn't want you to make a mistake. So uh, if you're starting to lean toward something that's going to be disastrous, if you're sensitive at all, the Spirit of God will give you all kinds of red flags warning mm-hmm. you this is not the way to go. But on the other hand, when you're, you sense God's leading a direction and that is where he wants you to go, well, he'll comfort your heart. He'll give you peace and assurance and confidence that even though you don't have all the answers, that God has assured you that he'll go with you and it'll be, it'll be well with you. And so take time to pray and uh, pray as long as you, you need to. It, it may not be just a one-time prayer. You may need to pray for a couple of weeks about a subject. Just keep presenting that decision mm-hmm. before God in prayer and then remain quiet before him and uh, let him give you a very tangible sense of either assurance and peace or a discomfort and disease. And uh, that's, that's a primary way that the Spirit of God can help you to know uh, how, what, what he thinks about a matter and what he wants you to, to do as far as a decision. Well, if you're keeping track, we've covered two and mm-hmm. we've got two more to go and we're out of time. So, how does uh, that happen? <laughs> well, I, you know, I have some theories. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> no, we'll but share those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep those to myself. But uh, this has really been very helpful. Um, and I think a lot of people, this is, this is very eye opening for, and you might think, Hey, how does this relate to leadership? 
And I, and I think you just laid it out beautifully there uh, with the example of a friend who may or may not should move and take a promotion. Mm-hmm. This is critical yeah. if you're leading people, if other people are depending on you, whether in the home or at work or in ministry. Um, getting this right uh, makes all the difference. And so that's why uh, it's now going to be a three-part yeah. series. And so it's something we really want to uh, drive home and, and focus on. So uh, thanks for taking the time. And uh, we will cover the next two ways that God speaks today to his people next week. I'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackbee.org.